Welcome to the Tom the Trainer Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Wooland. This podcast is for frustrated men and women who think they've tried everything to lose body fat and aren't willing to give up on their fitness goals. I'm going to give you clear, actionable steps to cut through all the bullshit in the industry, focus on what actually works, and dominate every aspect of your life. Now let's get into today's episode. So what we do here is um, every single week, and I've mentioned this before, every single week, I go live in the tribe, members of my free Facebook group, Tom the Trainer's Tribe, get to hop in and ask questions every single Tuesday. And then what I do is I answer those questions and essentially I just give you my honest opinion, honest feedback on anything that the members of the tribe feel as though that they want help with. And um, essentially really what I do is I just give you some some free coaching to help you out, right? So, um, and if you're watching this on, or pardon me, if you're listening to this in the podcast after the fact, just make sure that you are checking the link in the description of this episode because you'll be catching it after the fact and you can join the tribe and get your own questions answered as well. So I want to give everybody a moment to hop on. We got some really, really cool questions this week and I'm just looking for the post and opening it up, but the tribe is like hopping, it's popping um, and I just got to find it here. So, um, let's get right into this again. There's some really cool questions. So I'm actually really looking forward to this one. I look forward to all of them to be honest with you. Um, but I saw some questions in here that I was really excited about answering. So again, if you're like watching this live and you're watching it anywhere, but in Tom, the trainer's tribe, make sure that you check the link in the description uh, and join the tribe uh, to get your own questions answers as well as like view the entire training per se, because it won't stay live on my personal Facebook page, my YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere like that. So on Instagram, if you want to join the tribe, the link is in my bio and let's literally just get right into this here. I hope everybody's stoked and ready to do this. And the first question that I have is from Carrie and her question is about pre-workout and post-workout supplements or nutrition. So I like Carrie's question here. Carrie has been following for a while. She's a pretty active member in the tribe. And I think she kind of knows like what I'm all about when it comes to like uh, giving your body what it needs to thrive. Uh, generally what I like to do is really focus on nutrition first because supplements are literally like supplements are the things that may have a slight impact on your overall success. If you have everything in check already, but if you don't have everything in check, especially your nutrition, then I don't think you should look to be supplementing your nutrition with supplements. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to start off on nutrition. So for me personally, what I like to do pre-workout is to consume some protein and some fats, as well as some pretty clean carbohydrate sources. My personal favorite pre-workout meal is oatmeal with protein powder, uh, peanut butter, and berries. It's just, it's, it's delicious and uh, it gives you everything that you need. So what that's going to do is the fat 
in the meal fat kind of like slows absorption or like slows digestion per se as does fiber so when you eat that let's say 40 minutes or an hour or so before your workout that nutrition then will be slowly being consumed by your body and available to use during your workout and then what i like to do after well and and backing up there for a second is like what you want to have protein because you want to have amino acids present right and then you always want to have carbohydrates like pre and post workout but for pre-workout like your muscles primary energy source is glycogen and that's carbohydrates so if you want to have good workouts then I believe that you should have carbohydrates present within the muscle to lift as hard and heavy as you can. Right. Um, and when it comes to your post-workout nutrition, I'm a really big believer in leveraging like fast absorbing, fast acting carbohydrates and protein as well. Now, if your nutrition so if you ate a meal and you've eaten multiple meals throughout the day or you've eaten a meal before you do your workout, then it's probably not as important to get a post-workout meal in like immediately after your workout because you've already got those nutrients flowing through, you know, your bloodstream, right? Um, but if you say train fasted in the morning and you skip nutrition in the morning, then you should probably have your last meal later at night, in my opinion. And then it's definitely more important to get those fast acting carbohydrates, those quick absorbing carbohydrates and protein into you, like with a higher level of recency to the end of your workout. Now, my go-to for this, what I personally do is, is I, I, I just, I mean, I, I like cereal. I love honey nut Cheerios. So I eat honey nut Cheerios with whey protein, almond milk. And that's my go-to post-workout meal personally. Um, you could also do like chicken and rice um, as well. But like for me personally, if I can get that treat on my workout days, then I'm going to have that. And it just allows, it helps me stay a little more dialed and focused on my nutrition as well. When I get that like tasty, um, like that tasty like treat or that like reward for the work that I just put in for my workout. Because at the end of the day, your overall calories matter, right? Your overall calories matter more, I would say, than like, you know, well, avoid cereal or avoid sugary carbs and things like that. At the end of the day, to change your body composition, your overall caloric intake matters. So if your calories are in check while you're still having that reward meal post-workout, then you're fine. Um, your macronutrients and how you how you how your daily food intake is composed of carbohydrates, fats, and proteins matters as well. But the number one most important thing, especially for losing body fat, is your overall caloric intake in the day. Okay. Um, 
Now I will say this as well as like a man myself, who's upwards of 200 pounds with a lot of muscle mass probably has an easier time staying full when I eat cereal post-workout because, because of the size of my, of who, uh, the size of me, pardon me. And the fact that I have a lot of muscle mass, I can have a larger serving. So like me, for example, if I have an 80 gram serving of cereal, that's a fairly large serving size of food, but maybe like a, a female who's 150 pounds, well, she might only, only get like 40 grams of cereal. Therefore the cereal isn't as easy as a selection for her. And maybe chicken and rice would be a better selection because it'll help keep her more full because the chicken and rice is less calorically dense for the amount of food that you have. Right. So for example, my 80 grams of cereal and protein powder and almond milk is it's, it's a little over 300 calories. Uh, I'd have to look it up off the top of my head. It's around 300, 400 calories, let's say. Well, for you to get like 200 calories of chicken and rice, you're going to have a larger serving size, right? So that's kind of like some things to look at when you're, when you're talking about nutrition post-workout and pre-workout. Um, and honestly, as, as long as you're using like a lean protein source, when it, like a lean meat protein source, it doesn't have to be chicken. Like I used to eat tons of red meat post-workout. I used to eat tons of red meat all the time. It's just, you want it to be lean because you don't want the fats to slow down the absorption post-workout because what you're trying to do there is replenish your body of the carbohydrates that were just spent through your muscle source of energy to like do the workout. And you don't want to slow down the absorption with high fats. And, but you also want that protein because you want to like have amino acids present for recovery, right? Now, so that's like, I would talk about, that's what I would say about nutrition, pre and post-workout. When it comes to supplements, pre and post-workout, um, I don't agree with or believe in having a protein shake post-workout personally. Um, just because I think you need fast absorbing carbohydrates post-workout um, to replenish that glycogen, right? So I do use protein powder post-workout, but I use it with a fast absorbing carbohydrate. Um, so I don't, I don't understand the ideology of like, well, I just had a workout, so I'm going to have a protein shake. Okay. I, I just don't get it. Like why, why do you want to drink 150 or 200 calories, whatever that protein shake has in it and not feel full and satiated at all for those calories that you took in. Plus there's people who can argue this and say that protein post-workout will spike your insulin levels just the same as carbohydrates will. I, I don't, I don't know. I know what the research is, but then I also know what like decades of practical application from bodybuilders suggests. So I personally think like get those carbohydrates into you as well. So I'm not a firm believer in just protein shakes. Okay. Um, Post-workout. Um, if you're training twice per day, you could 
leverage a very fast absorbing carbohydrate supplement, um, high branch chain cyclic dextrin, carbolin, cluster bomb. There's many of them out there. Um, those are good as well. And then you could have that with some fruit juice because it'll really quickly and some sodium and some salt because it could really quickly replenish the carbohydrates very quickly that your body needs through your muscle supply of carbohydrates as well as your liver supply of carbohydrates for brain function. But that's something that I typically would only recommend if you're training twice per day. And I don't often recommend training twice per day. However, I have a client who's like, he's kicking ass and he trains and he plays squash. So that's something that I told him about because he has a training session and he has a squash session. So maybe if he has a squash session in the morning, hey man, get that, 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 that carbohydrate drink into you. So you have energy later. Or if you do a workout in the morning, get that carbohydrate drink into you. So you have energy for squash because at the end of the day, you don't want your workouts to affect your ability to play play the sport well that you're playing right um as far as any other supplements post-workout like there's people who talk about um uh oh my goodness creatine post-workout like sure i guess but really as long as you're taking creatine on a daily basis five grams per day the timing of it i personally don't think matters all that much you just want you just want like the cells saturated, right? So I take creatine first thing in the morning because it's easy and simple for me to do it that way if I'm going to take it. Again, creatine is not something that I don't think really anybody needs to worry about unless they've got all their other stuff in check, okay? Now, um, like there's other supplements too over the years that I've tried. Uh, I can't even remember. Jeez. Uh, it's been so long. So it obviously it just tells you it's not even relative relevant to use it. Uh, but it's another protein that or another another supplement that used to be popular post-workout. Um when it comes to pre-workout, the only thing that I really worry about supplement-wise pre-workout is just a pre-workout drink. Um I don't see anything wrong with them, and they give you a little bit of extra energy for your lifts, go for it, right? Does that make sense, everybody? And is that pretty helpful? Again, I lo- I'm loving the questions today. Comment helpful if you felt it, found it was helpful. I'm loving the questions today because, like, you know, the stuff that I can really kind of, like, unpack, right? So that was a great, great question, Carrie. And I hope that that was helpful. Robert. Robert crushed and won the Shred for Santa Challenge that I ran. I think it was in December. Yeah. All my days kind of mesh together sometimes. Uh, Busy man. Don't remember timelines. But anyways, I think it was leading into December. Uh, He crushed it. He won. Um, And he's super active in the tribe as well, right? So, um, and as far as I can tell, Robert's always crushing it. Robert shows up and asks questions, right? He leverages the value in the tribe. So, like, props to you, Robert, for doing that. And also, for those of you who are not doing that, be like Robert. Robert's clearly serious about his goals and he's trying to get as much information as possible to be successful. Right. So let me grab a drink here. Robert's question is, are there any foods that you recommend for snacks in between meals? And 
Robert watches my content, and I think I talked about it in a previous live, uh, mentioning oranges before bed. And I talk a lot about it, my yogurt and pineapple mixture, which is excellent. He says his four-year-old son, and I make that for dessert almost daily. I absolutely love that. Like, I absolutely love that. Um, passing on healthy habits to our kids. Robert, you're the man, buddy. Um, so there is those, um, oranges are very satiating for the number of calories that they have in them and they're high in fiber. And when I'm deep into a cut, I find leveraging oranges as a snack doesn't seem to affect my success. Um, and the pineapple mixture is plain Greek yogurt, calorie free, um, syrup. I like chocolate or hazelnut and pineapples. Pineapples have some really cool digestive benefits. Uh, and a lot of, uh, from what I can tell, a lot of bodybuilders um, leverage pineapple as well in their diet. Um, so getting more into Robert's question, he says, I try to eat cucumber slices and grape tomatoes as a snack. Anything else that you recommend that would be low calorie but provides lots of other nutrients? Um, so... A lot of the times things that are like super low calorie might not offer a lot of other nutrients um, per se, like how the yogurt meal offers you the protein, the complete protein. Right. Um, but so off the top of my head, like I think something that offers like some nutrients and like carbohydrates are going to be um, holy brain dead today. Um, rice cakes. Rice cakes are fairly low in calories. Like depending on which rice cake you get, you're looking at like anywhere between like 35 to maybe 50 calories per rice cakes. And like you can probably have three rice cakes without making too much damage in your overall caloric intake and still benefit from the carbohydrates, right? Now, oh, I'm giving away the goodies here and I think my <laughs> my paying clients might be pissed. It's, it's in my... Uh, it's in my membership site. So uh, clients who hire me as their coach get access to my free membership site. And the membership site um, provides a lot of resources as well as provides the one week onboarding process that teaches everybody what they need to be successful and gives people all the information in advance before they start the program. Because that's just good leadership, teaching people what to do, teaching people, giving people what they need to succeed. Um, but then I also run a kickoff call where I uh, confirm the understanding of all the information that was provided. And then I also use the membership site to direct clients to resources within the membership site when they're asking questions. So in my membership site, um, I have a snacks section. And some of the things that I include in there are pineapple, watermelon, honeydew, cantaloupe, oranges, all really low calorie snacks. Um, Cucumbers are great too. Uh, tomatoes are great as well. So, you know, you're making some good choices there, Robert. Now, here's the secret sauce. Um, Colonel's popcorn seasoning is delicious. And uh, you can put that on cucumbers and that can replace like chips as an example. Uh, and then my wife, Alyssa, thinks it's disgusting, but... When I'm deep in a photo shoot prep, 
I'll I'll use sliced tomatoes. I'll slice the tomatoes and then I'll put uh, ketchup popcorn seasoning on them. And I'm like, oh, it's so good. It's so good when you're like photo shoot prepping, right? Uh, another cool thing that you could do as well is you could do zucchini. And if you have an air fryer, you could um, place zucchini on paper towels and get it to dry out and then air fry it with the popcorn seasoning and put the popcorn seasoning on it. And it's good. It's so good. And then I think like popcorn itself is pretty good as well. You want to get popcorn that is like, um, doesn't have like a lot of like butter and stuff on it. And again, leverage that popcorn seasoning. Now there's sodium in the popcorn seasoning. If you're eating extremely healthy, you don't have blood pressure issues. You don't have a sodium intolerance that has an effect on your blood pressure and things like that. Then I say like, that's perfectly fine. But if you're somebody who's been advised to stay away from sodium from your doctor, yeah, they're probably advising you to stay away from sodium probably because your nutrition is probably not that great and already has too much sodium in it from processed foods. Uh, or, or, or again, like there's a health risk of you consuming too much of it. But if you're eating extremely like healthy whole food selections, you're meal prepping and you're not use, eating a lot of processed foods, your sodium levels will actually be low and you'll actually find that your energy levels will be low. So a lot of the time sodium is something that's actually an important mineral that people necessarily shouldn't be afraid of for the most part. But again, I'm not telling anybody to go eat a bunch of sodium. Cause I don't know anybody's existing health conditions, diet and stuff like that. But under that, those circumstances where your blood pressure is normal and you know um, you have a really healthy diet in place. Sodium's not necessarily has been shown not necessarily to be something to be avoided. In fact, there was a period of time when I was working at good life fitness and I uh, didn't do my meal prep personally. And I ate, chicken instead of my ground beef that I seasoned with uh, at the time was seasoning with a lot of um, salty seasonings. And I was eating chicken that my wife Alyssa was eating that didn't have much salty seasoning on it. And I found that my energy levels were just absolute garbage for the two, three days that I was eating those meals instead, even when adding hot sauce and um, soya sauce to my meals still felt like my energy levels were garbage. And I thought I was getting run down or something. And then when I went back to my own meal prep and I had my higher sodium content in my meals, my energy levels were instantly better. So that's some things to do for snacks uh, and some good information about sodium based upon depending on the individual. I hope that was really helpful. If you're finding this helpful, please just comment helpful. Uh, and Nate said, this is very informative. Appreciate that, Nate. Uh, so again, if you're watching this anywhere, but in Tom, the trainer's tribe, make sure you go join Tom, the trainer's tribe. And if you're listening to it in the podcast, make sure that you join Tom, the trainer's tribe by checking the link in the description. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I might, I might hang out on all platforms today and not cut them off, but we'll see, but I'm going to, I could change my mind and, and cut off the other platforms and so if you're not in tom the trainer's tribe make sure you join it okay um on instagram it's in the bio all right miguel oh hang on a sec here oh john i almost skipped john i'm sorry buddy john is asking about designing a program so um 
I've actually got a podcast episode on this. I'm going to look up which podcast episode that is. But I'm going to give you a really quick summary Cole's notes of what to do when designing a program. So the first thing that you need to do when you're designing a program is you need to establish what your goals are, okay? Because the law of specificity matters and building a program specific to the outcome of which you want is going to get you far better results than just running a workout program, right? So say, for example, I have reels that kind of like piss people off sometimes where I'm like, if you want to lose 20, 30 pounds of body fat, why are you training like a bodybuilder and doing chest, back, arms, shoulders, and leg days? You need to do full body workouts. And the reason why is full body workouts are better for losing body fat. And the bro split, even though I'm not a huge fan of it, or say like a push-pull leg split is better for building muscle. And bodybuilders are training to build as much muscle as possible. And they're already pretty lean. So their primary goal isn't losing a ton of body fat. That's why they train that way. Because their training is specific to the outcome they want. Their goal is to grow as much as possible, right? And if your goal is training for strength, then like a bodybuilder program might make you a little stronger. Sure. But a powerlifting program is really going to make you stronger, right? So you got to determine your goals to start. What are your goals? And then when you determine your goals, you got to determine how many days a week can I train and how long can I train for? Okay. And then when you have that information, you're going to pick your split full body, upper, lower push, pull legs. I have a hybrid program that does upper, lower push, pull legs. Um, and then I have a hybrid program that does full body, upper, lower and push, pull legs all in the same program. It's pretty cool. Metabolic muscle madness. It's called. So, after you've determined how many days a week you can train, how long you can train for, and determined your split, now you got to pick your exercise selections, okay? There's a podcast on choosing the proper exercise selections. It's actually upcoming next week. I think it's coming up on the 24th. I'll double check that for you right now. It's coming up on the 15th. It's coming up this week. So anyways, you got to choose your exercise selections. Okay. And after you've chosen your exercise selections, you have to choose your progressions. Okay. How are you progressing the difficulty of your workouts over time? Right. And then you choose your rep. Well, pardon me. You should choose your rep. Well, your rep range is going to be part of your progressions. So you choose your progressions and your rep ranges. And then what you do is you put it all down on a piece of paper. You write out your lifts. You write out your rep, your how long the program is. You write out how many, what your progressions are. And then you run the program. At some point during that program, depending on how long it is, you might need to deload where you scale the intensity through progressions to a high intensity. And then you back off a little bit. And if you're not doing that within a program, you should be backing off from program to program because progress progress is not linear, right? Like what would happen to your car if you got in your car and you just put the pedal to the floor every single time that you drove it? You would run out of gas and the engine would blow up and it would overheat, right? And you'd probably crash. So that's a really quick summary of it. Pick your goals, pick your workout frequency, 
pick your split, pick your exercises, pick your progressions, put it all down on paper, track and go. Okay. Uh, but if you really, truly want an in-depth review on how to build a program, there's so many podcast episodes here. It is number podcast number 11 how to build a program like an award-winning coach on the tom the trainer fitness podcast okay so you can check that out and then on the 15th smart uh sorry on the 15th the podcast is going to be called if you're listening to this on the podcast it will have already dropped it's called my secret skill activate recruit stretch exercise order sequence it has more than just that in it but that's what i named it because i've dropped my order sequence strategy for categorizing exercises and what order to put them in and stuff because that's part of what you'll need to do in your program as well is like when you pick the exercises you need to pick what order those exercises should go in dependent on your goals everything always leads back to the goal don't get me wrong. If you go work out and you do any workout, it's better than not doing anything and you'll have better results than running on a treadmill every single day. Unless your goal is to run a lot. Everything's about goals. Um, but if you want the best outcome from your program, it all goes back to the goals. It all it, it starts and it ends and in the middle, it's all about goals. Every decision you make is about those goals. Was that helpful, everybody? So next question here. Um, is Miguel. All right. And I know I said that like teaser. I was like, oh, I might keep this on all the places. If you're watching this on my Facebook, I'm dropping it there. Instagram, you're going to stay on a little bit longer because I messed up and I didn't start it on time there. I just started it. So in IG, you get a few, you get a little bit more. Okay. Check Tom the Trainer's Tribe. Link is in the description. Now, my next question is from a former client and awesome guy, Miguel. Miguel crushed it, like crushed it when we worked together. Uh, and learned a lot in the process and he's been able to kind of run his own programs and his nutrition ever since which is actually like really cool to me is because like a good coach works his way out of a job a good coach empowers people to be able to make the decisions for themselves to be successful for the rest of their life and miguel is just like a prime example of that and like always proud of the guy so miguel's question as i grab a drink of water here And you might've heard some water bubbling in the background. If you're listening to this on the podcast, I don't really do edits. I just pop it. I just do it. It's just genuine. Uh, Miguel's question is, Hey Tom, I'm finally lean enough to start focusing on chiseling my abs. My obliques are super defined now. And my top four abs are starting to look really defined. My lower I can feel are very strong, but I can't see them yet. I've added ab sets to my circuit twice a week. I rotate at the beginning of my workout and I rotate three sets in the eight to 12 rep range, decline weighted sit-ups, straight leg pull-ups, 
Roman twists with elevated heels, stir the pots, anti-rotational planks. Would you add or change anything? Um, so part of this is going to come down to genetics, Miguel, like genetically, like you're like me where that's your stubborn point is the lower abdomen is your stubborn spot. So definitely like you might have to cut a little bit more body fat for some of us. It could be, it could be frustrating to get those lower abs to pop. Like I can literally have feathered quads and striated glutes and still have a little bit of lower abdomen fat. Cause that's just where I carry it. And that's just one of those things. But what I will say is, is like you, if you're trying to focus on the lower abs, um, doing stomach vacuums will be good for that. Lower abs is your transverse abdominus. So you're trying to like pull the belly button in as hard as you can. And the stomach vacuum, it's that like, I don't know, some people say it's that like gross looking thing that you see bodybuilders do when they do like a big double front bicep. They like pull their stomach up and in and it looks like they're hollow. So doing um, stomach vacuums will help with that area to some degree. Uh, The easiest way to do that is really just practicing it. Like you're just practicing like the, the easiest way to gain a connection with that is to lean over a desk, a, a bench, uh, whatever, lean even over the wall and then just focus on like trying to pull your stomach up and in as hard as you can. And literally trying to like focus on pulling up and in like almost like, like just above your crotch, like just above, just above your parts, just above your man parts, guys, just above your lady parts, ladies, you're trying to pull in from there. Okay. Um, now, I personally would probably like, again, it's like getting your abs to show isn't necessarily about making them bigger, but if I were giving advice on how to target that area and your upper abs are looking really, really defined and you're doing stir the pots already, like stir the pots, hit those upper abs quite a bit. Um decline weighted sit-ups i would say is where i would say like ah, i probably personally would like never do them myself um but like the straight leg pull up so i would probably pull out something that focuses a little bit more on the upper abs because you feel you're happy with those and then try to focus on things that prioritize the lower abs a little bit more you still have exercises within there that'll still do that your anti-rotational planks and your stir the pot will still hit those upper abs so I probably like double down on like straight leg pull-ups and you could combine the stomach vacuum option with those straight leg pull-ups. So like if you can hang, if you can like hang and do like a pull-up, a, a, a leg pull-up or maybe even a bent knee pull-up because of the difficulty of them. And at the same time, try to suck your stomach inward, that'll hit them really, really hard. But at the end of the day, it's 100% like you just probably got to get a little bit leaner. Some of us carry body fat in our stomach and our lower abs. Some of us carry it in our hips and our back and our hamstrings and our glutes. I'm jealous of everybody who ha- who carries their weight in their legs. 
because uh, I carry it in my lower abdomen. Um, and it's one of those things where you just got to get leaner. Um, everybody find that useful? I don't have a lot of comments on here. If you're finding that useful, let's hit up useful in the chat, everybody. Um, okay, IG, we're dropping you. We're dropping you. Come check us out. Links in the bio. All right. Where are we at here next? Nicholas is asking how to combat the cold weather and a lack of motivation to work out. Um, one of my most popular posts ever on Instagram, I literally posted it like four years ago and it still gets shared to this day was like one of those quote cards that said no energy for the gym. Get out of bed, drink some caffeine, go to the gym, no motivation, get out of bed, drink some caffeine, go to the gym, 10 minutes in, you'll thank yourself for being there. Uh, motivation is bullshit and you got to show up if you want it. Um, motivation is something that comes and goes. So I'd say like, don't rely on motivation. You got to rely on consistency. You got to rely on adherence. And I think like, if you're having a hard time with motivation per se, you should probably check out my episode on setting a proper goal set. Like this could probably help because like, if you are just going to the gym, cause you just want to like feel a little bit better or you just want to work out and you know it's good for you and stuff like that there's going to be less like motivation than if like your goals are deep for you on an emotional level so do a goal set that brings awareness to you of how important your goals are on an emotional level um, and not a superficial level not to say that that's why what your goals are now but that's the best advice i can give when it comes to lacking motivation and that's um, the secret goal setting strategy. I'm just like shameless plugs, like left, right, and center here. Uh, episode number four, the goal setting strategy for guaranteed results. The podcast is, I hate it when people use this term, eh? but like the podcast is lit. It's helpful. If you're not, if you're listening to this on the podcast, good for you. If you're not listening to the podcast yet, podcast yet, I got to ask, like, why aren't you? Because um, you can see, like, a lot of the questions people are asking, I have, like, literal, like, direct trainings on them in the podcast, right? Um, Carlos's question. Uh, Carlos has been crushing it lately, too, posting lots. He's killing it, posting his workout selfies. Um the best five exercises for back and shoulders. Okay. Um, I'm going to assume obviously that we're looking for like hypertrophy. Cause usually when we're looking for hypertrophy, like we're looking to build up a particular body part, usually it's, we want it to grow. Um, and losing body fat is non-specific. So your exercises aren't going to spot reduce body fat. So we're going to assume it's for, um, growth for hypertrophy. Um, I'm going to run, I'm going to do this like this. I'm going to go five best exercises for back and rear delts because me personally, I would categorize those exercises together in a workout. Whereas I would categorize my front and side delts on a push workout, but a pull workout. Now it depends on what area of your back, your back is extremely dynamic. 
Your back is extremely dynamic. I should do a whole podcast on this. Um, so let's 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 pick exercise. Let's pick let's pick areas of your back and assign exercises to them. Okay. Um, if I were to choose one exercise for overall back development, I'm going to choose a chin up or an assisted chin up with a pistol grip, a fairly narrow pistol grip executed well it'll hit your lats it'll hit your traps really really well as well overall back development that's where i'm going to go it's going to hit your rear delts as well and it's a very heavy strong exercises so compounds key it hits everything if i'm just trying to bias my lats itself so if i'm just trying to bias my lats itself i'm probably going to say i'm going to do a lat pull down with an easy curl easy bar like grip that angled grip that the easy curl bars have i'm gonna go underhand grip i'm gonna go supinated and when i pull down i'm gonna lean back and i'm gonna arch my spine below my shoulder blades as hard as i can while i lean back trying to pull that that bar all the way down to my chest and expanding my rib cage as hard as i can tucking my elbows in tight that's great for lats. When you're looking at, so that's two. When you're looking at pure like traps, like mid upper back, I'm going to have to say face pulls. Definitely face pulls for those. And depending on what area you're trying to target most, your elbow position is going to dictate what area because that's a complex area with many muscles your elbow position is going to dictate what area is is being targeted there so elbows a little bit if your elbows are tucked really low you're going to wind up hitting lat if your elbows are like tucked um at sternum you're going to hit those lower traps i would say slightly tucked at sternum you can hit lower traps still want to have like a little bit of a flare and if your if your um, our elbows are like a little higher than that, you're gonna hit mid trap. And then what a really cool thing to do there as well is like do a face pull and then like rotate upwards, rotate like you do in a front double bicep pose. So that's three. Number four, I'm gonna include upper traps as part of your back. Uh, but I'm going to get funky with it here because you could do shrugs, which are going to hit like the upper, upper portion of your trap. If you lie on a bench with a bar, lie on an incline bench with a bar and do a row, pulling the bar upwards towards like your neck with your elbows flared pretty high. That's going to hit like the trap hard not where you would see it at the front but right at the back so like behind the clavicle right in there it would hit that area really really hard and then rear delts like for me rear delt flies um and with rear delt flies you need to like there's so many trainers out there that literally 
oh, I don't want to rant, but I'm going to a little bit. There's so many trainers out there that literally are like chest up, shoulders back and down, chest up, shoulders back and down. And I was guilty of it myself in the beginning stages of my career. If you're trying to target your rear delts, it's kind of the opposite of that. It's like chest down, shoulders forward. It's like you're like reaching with your shoulder and trying to sweep out on it and the range of motion to bias the rear delt and not involve your traps and your rhomboids and stuff is going to be shorter than if you were coming all the way through and expanding your rib cage and squeezing your shoulder blades together. So that's almost like two variations of that exercise that will, you can hit shoulders with that and you can hit traps and rhomboids with that as well. And I'm going to put in a bonus one there as well is um, I really, really like underhand. I like so many exercises for back. I really, really like underhand seated row with um, an easy bar grip uh, pulling to my belly button and expanding my rib cage, driving my chest up. The true key here is you always want to keep your elbows downward when you're training lat. When you're pulling on the weight, you're keeping your elbows downward towards your hip. When you're letting go of the weight, you're keeping your elbows downward towards your hip. Think like if you want to train lat, how would you saw wood? You would keep pressure downward on your wrist and your elbow down when you're sawing a piece of wood. Think of it, think of it like that. All right. 12 minutes here and we got another question from Nate. Everybody digging this so far? Awesome. So 12 minutes left. Smash through this. Um, Nate is asking what to do to build muscle and kidney failure. I'm on 32 ounces fluid restriction. I can't have creatine or anything toxic to my kidneys. I don't want my health to hinder my dreams. My dream body. Uh, and I want to get back to where I was in college six years ago. Um, so I don't know all the details here, Nate, and I don't want to like poorly advise anybody with specific health conditions that I don't have all the context to, uh, if you can't take creatine or anything toxic to your kidneys, yeah, that's probably not a bad thing anyways. Um, 32 ounces fluid restriction, you know, drinking water's good for you. Um, but follow the restriction that you're on. At least that's what I would do. Um, if it were me personally, I would ask my doctor about my protein intake and how much he felt as though it was like healthy. Um, and because obviously there's an underlying condition here that you're, that you're getting doctor's advice from. So I would just flat out ask a question like, hey, uh, is a lot of protein intake bad for me? Uh, and then if it's not, I would aim, I, if it's not, I would aim for one gram of protein per pound. That's like what I would do personally if I was in your shoes. Um, and if I were in your shoes and it was fine for me, I, I think it would be fine. But again, like I'm not your doctor, so I'm not telling you what to do, but like carbohydrates, carbohydrates are key for growing muscle and having muscle energy. So I would train, I would train as hard as I possibly could safely. Um, and I would focus on my nutrition and not worry about any of those other things. And I would focus on my sleep. I would focus on my step count. I would focus on, I would focus on all the things that everybody needs to focus on anyways, who doesn't have those health conditions, 
because honestly, like the other things that may be toxic to your liver and stuff like that, they don't offer a whole ton of benefit anyways. So it's like the fundamentals, the basics, the, the stuff that works, focusing on that stuff that works resistance training. If you're trying to build muscle, generally the eight to 12 rep range is best. I don't know though, like, you know, what proximity of failure you should be training in and those kinds of things as well. Cause like, obviously this is like a pretty special circumstance. Right. Um, and if I were working with a client on this, I would have a lot more context. Right. Um, stay consistent, pal, stay consistent. Don't focus on the things that you can't do. Focus on the things that you can do. Um, and, and, and those are the things that matter most. You know what I mean? Um, I'm just trying to think of an analogy for it, but focus on what you can do. Um, so, so for example, I love deadlifting. Deadlifting is a great exercise for building muscle. I love it. I absolutely love it. I got nerve damage in my neck. I deadlifted for like a year and a half after suffering nerve damage in my neck. And every time I did it, it pissed it off. I don't focus on the fact that deadlifts are a great exercise for building muscle anymore i focus on the exercises that i can do i do them consistently um and i eat well and i still have i i don't know that i would be any bigger or better if i had done deadlifts over the time of which i gave them up right so the best advice i can give you there bro is focus on the things that you're allowed to do and do them consistently relentlessly right uh all right nine minutes i hope that was helpful bro i you know certain things like medical conditions and stuff trying to be careful as to what kind of advice i would give over a podcast or a live training that is a free thing that like i need to like reiterate that like i'm not telling anybody with any specific medical conditions what to do Um, but those are the things that you could consider what can you do apply them consistently and relentlessly and just never give up that's my attitude towards things uh okay steve his question is incline bench versus machine incline is the weight or load the same and what is better Uh, i love this question um the thing that i would say would be what's the goal right um okay so if my goal is to bench a lot like my goal is to bench heavy i would stay away from machines and i would bench everything i did would be as my goal to be stronger at the bench so i would be working on um and i would be working on the things that have the best carryover to a stronger bench right so um because it's specificity but if we're looking to grow i personally feel as though great both are great selections i i personally do very little barbell bench press work now when it comes to considering growing my chest everything i do is very much like dumbbell and machine based the weight or load is not the same on them because the machine offers an external source of stability, but that is something that you can leverage because if your overall goal for that exercise is pec development, 
you can kick that muscle's ass safely to failure and beyond and work really hard on that exercise without getting hurt where you cannot do that on a free weight exercise to the same degree. Having said that I use both bro. Like I use both. Um, I pick one and I use it for a little bit of time. Uh, I progress with it. And then when I feel like I'm kind of hitting a plateau, I'll use one of the other ones. I was doing a lot of like high intensity training hit style of training for a while there where I was taking everything to absolute failure. And so when I was doing that, I was leveraging the incline machine right now. I'm leveraging incline dumbbell bench. Uh, cause I just dumbbell benched the nineties for like six or I think it was six inclined dumbbell bench, the nineties for six. It just made me feel like a badass. So I'm focusing on that. Both are good. Both offer different pros and cons. Um, and it all relates back to your goals. The upcoming podcast on the 15th really talks about that as well. Um, how to categorize your movement and leverage the right selections at the right time in your workouts. Right. So say for example, I could just go off. Um, I got five minutes, but you know, um, if I were going to do both, for example, in a workout, I would probably start with the incline bench and then I would use the machine afterwards. Right. Um, when it comes to, again, for overall pec development, I'm not a fan of barbells because I feel as though you lose the last like inch or so of the, um, movement uh and the stretch position is crucial for development um and that that inch matters um everybody insert bad jokes um okay so and then philip's last question here is is getting my workout in now uh, i just blew up my chest and core with a good pre and two variations of bench moving on to forearms next that's sweet man um hope you got a good lift in uh and i don't think it was necessarily a question but i love that you're sharing accountability wise with everybody in the tribe and um kicking ass buddy so that's everything um i hope everybody found that useful i literally have a call that's starting in four minutes so i'm gonna hop on that call uh again check out the link to Tom, the trainer's tribe, join Tom, the trainer's tribe, come ask your questions. I love doing these and I really hope that it's helping everybody. Um, if anybody's interested in my, uh, new program, it's not a new program, but it's a new program to the public explode and grow, which is a program that focuses on like recomposition, building muscle and losing body fat simultaneously. Um, with a main focus of building muscle, but you still lose body fat as well. And obviously diet dictates things when it comes to that, but explode and grow launch that to the public this month. There's a couple of spots left for the big 50% off promo. If you want to take advantage of that, you want help coaching and you want literally like 24 seven support, getting your questions answered, taking all the guesswork out of things and not having to wait every single week for the podcast or every single week for the lives. Hit me up with a message that says explode and grow and everybody have the best day ever. Thanks so much for listening. If you found today's episode valuable, please give me a five-star review and share it on your social media so I can have an even bigger impact. And if you want more information on how I can help you lose 15 to 52 pounds of body fat in 12 weeks, send me a message that says coaching to my Instagram at TomTheTrainerFitness.